is episode 181 of Bella in Your Business. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta and today I've got Tiffany Lewis who founded Pet and Home Care in Potomac, Maryland in 1999 as a one-person pet sitting business. Today she's expanded her business to offer a full team of dog walkers, pet sitters, pet care experts, and a home care service with I think over 20 employees or 20 years. How many employees do you have now, Tiffany? 30 now. 30. That's amazing. (laughs) So listen up, you guys. This is going to be a fun episode. Tiffany, why don't you go ahead and fill in the blanks there from what I left out in that profile. Tell us a little bit more about you. What made you start? And then more so, what made you keep going when I'm sure you've had many challenges over 20 years? Oh, yes. Well, I started the business as a teenager, really as a little hobby, make some extra money. And I started picking up more and more customers. And next thing you know, I was staying really busy pet sitting. I'd always loved animals. I used to want to be a vet. I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, I don't think I can operate or put a pet down. Pet care is way more fun. The dogs are actually happy to see me and super excited. And it just blossomed and blossomed and blossomed. And the year started going by and I started hiring my friends and my family. And it just exploded. I was one of the first professional pet sitters in my town. So it was, it was really exciting to, to get it started and just watch it explode. That's cool. Has it always been easy and always on the up and up? Or like, what <laughs> no. would you, you look back on like a downtrend and, and how did oh. you mentally overcome that? There were times where I wanted to give up. You know, I had some really bad staffing problems I had financial problems before I was like super organized and had great software and I was burnt out. Yeah. That's the point where I was walking, you know, 15, 20, 25 dogs a day and it was hard to breathe. Yeah. Um, so I just kept my head up, kept trucking. I tried to improve the areas that had the problems. I have a family full of entrepreneurs. So I had a lot of advice and support there. And I just knew this was my passion and there was nothing else I love to do. So I just said, you know, I got to just make this work and it worked out. And then you went the crazy route and decided to manage it remotely, which is what we're going to be talking and diving deep into today, because I think there's a lot of people in the industry at this moment right now, either deciding, hmm, I either want to step away from my business and manage it remotely or move away, or I need to sell it. And I don't think that a lot of people understand how to wrap their head around managing it remotely. And from what I understand, you've been able to do that very successfully. So today I want to kind of talk about that. So can you first bring us back to when did this remote managing start? Was it a life change that happened and define remotely? Like how far away are you physically from your business? Well, it started about 10 years ago 
Uh, really just as extended vacations. I, I took my first two-day vacation and it was incredible and I needed more. Yeah. So I started making regular long trips to Dewey Beach, Delaware, which was a couple hours away from my home. Still close enough that I could rush home if needed, but far enough away to get a break. And so it started with that and then it turned into a full summer at Dewey Beach. And then the next summer and the next summer, and then I did a winter or two in Florida. And then six years ago, I moved to California full time. That's incredible. So you are on the complete opposite end of the country <laughs> managing your business. How does that work with time zones and such? It's a little tricky with the time zone, but it actually works out in my advantage because the way we have structured things now is my managers back in Maryland cover the first half of the day or most of the day rather. You know, they start first thing 7 a.m. And they usually sign off around 8 p.m. East Coast time. And that's when I jump on. So customers are always so shocked to see me replying to emails at 11 or 12 a.m. East Coast time, but it's only 9 or 10 for me. So it's worked out in that sense to be able to handle last minute bookings or changes. But it took a lot of time to get it worked out. It was a struggle for a long time. Yeah. So how did you make that transition? Like, how did you create the infrastructure for it? And tell us about the challenges that I'm sure that you had when you first started, because a lot of people are scared, Tiffany. They're like, oh my gosh, like what happens if this one manager leaves? Now it's all up to me and I don't have boots on the ground. And so take us back to that time. And how you mentally geared yourself up to be able mentally and like operationally to step back. What did that look like? (laughs) It was hard, but it was kind of a forced thing where I just knew that I wanted to move to Los Angeles. My little sister had just moved here and I felt comfortable enough with my team that I could manage it remotely. But honestly, the beginning, you know, the times in Dewey Beach and the winters in Florida, and even when I first moved to LA, Things weren't so easy and things were kind of messy, but that's because I had either in the beginning, no technology and then not so great technology. So we just kind of managed to get by. The turning point was when I switched software programs in 2014 and that really made life easier and the business just boomed. But, you know, before then it was hard. You know, I can't really tell you how I got the mindsets. It just kind of naturally happened. I just kind of forced myself to get there. And I did have to fire a manager. I flew home and fired someone. Uh And it was really hard. But luckily, I had other people ready to step up. And now I have such a great management team. And things are running really smoothly. So it just takes time and patience. So you said a couple of things that I want to unpack there. You said that your technology change really helps. So it kind of... I talk a lot about how technology can help or hurt your processes. And it sounds like the first technology you had maybe didn't work out too well and the second one did. What was it about changing that technology that helped your business boom? Like, What did you learn from that that you'll take with you moving forward with other technologies that you might bring in to help move your operations forward? Yeah, the big difference was switching from a desktop-based software to a cloud-based software. Okay. Once I was up in the cloud, the clients had a portal, the pet sitters had a portal, I could charge credit cards with one click, and it just went so much smoother, so many problems were eliminated, so much time was saved. I was able to eliminate a full-time office person 
They handled billing and other tasks because the software just made it seamless. So Uh, it's all about really good software. And of course, being remote, I couldn't do it without email and cell phones. So those are obviously tools that are a must have, you know, 20 years ago, this wouldn't have happened so easily. But now I'm just, I'm always dialed in and half my clients don't even know that I'm not in Maryland anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are honestly kind of operating remotely because nobody really knows where you are to your point. The only time that you really need to be boots on the ground is when there's a problem or you need to rush over to a client's house for something, right? So if you have those people that you trust, you know, this day and age, you really, it doesn't matter. I always kid it around, like just give me Wi-Fi and a cell phone and internet (laughs) or a laptop and you work anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that you took that to that step and followed your dreams of wanting to move to LA. So how do you handle the hiring and firing? You just kind of alluded a little bit to it. You said that you flew back there to fire someone. So every time you need to fire someone, do you have to do that? Or no, that, only that was a manager team or tell us what that looks like. Basically, we have just some processes that we follow. I do the initial hiring process. I put out the ads. I do the screening. I do the background checks. I do the initial phone interview. And if everything passes through me, then I hand the person over to my manager and she takes the next steps. They'll do the reference checks. They'll do the in-person training. And we also have an in-person setup process. So my managers on the ground handle all those steps. So I feel good knowing that I've done the initial screenings. I like the person, you know, they have a clean background. They have the experience I'm looking for. And then my manager finishes the setup and it's been working really well. I love that you do it that way. It's interesting because I think a lot of people would try to delegate all that out and say, okay, manager, you go find someone. And when they get towards the end of it, then I'll do my interview with them. But you're already like kind of qualifying them. And I imagine Mm -hmm. what we're talking about right now is dog walkers and pet sitters, right? Yes. Yes. So how do you get that internal team? What does that part of it look like? Because without that support staff, it'd be pretty hard, right? Yes. And that's always been a challenge finding great managers. You know, over the past two decades, I've had probably a dozen or two managers working for me, but I have a core team right now that I've had for a long time and they're just so fantastic. I'm so lucky. And my primary manager, Kira, she handles all that hands-on stuff with the new person. She makes sure that they get trained properly. We also have online training we do with them and a test and she gets through that whole process and it's, it's worked out well. Thanks to my management team. And it's not just Kira. I have a manager, Kevin, who oversees our pet resort and our logistics for transportation for all the dogs. And then Kira oversees, she's more of a general manager. She oversees pretty much everything from the pet sitters to assisting at the pet resort. And then she is an assistant manager, Teresa, who assists her with customer communications and helping with employees And then I have an executive assistant, Maya, who helps me with all my nitty gritty and my business development. So there's a lot of us. (laughs) No, but I love that. I love that everyone has their lane and there's hierarchy and checks and balances in that because what you've been able to do is something that I think a lot of our listeners strive for. They get over the hump and maybe they get their first office manager, but then it's kind of like, okay, how do I keep growing? And how do I create that? I'm going to say it triangle, you know, like you're essentially at the top. It's, it is a pure, every business is a pyramid. You're at the top. And I'm not saying that to put anybody down, by the way, I don't mean it that way, but I just mean like there needs to be an Indian chief 
And then you need your warriors with you. Otherwise, you know, when you go to battle, you're dead. (laughs) That's awesome. So that brought me to the second question, which was, who is your support staff? All right. So we've got the internal team. We've got your hiring and firing. We've got the organization support staff. Now, how do we stay active in the community? Because I also know that a lot of our listeners are thinking, well, I'm the one that's going into the veterinarian or I'm the one that's posting blogs and stuff. So how do you stay relevant in your community and stay in front of people like your brand? Well, we try our best. Some of the things that we do are going to regular pet functions, fundraisers, community events. We'll set up a booth. Kira loves doing that. So it's great getting her out there. She's so great with people and socializing. And so we'll set up a booth. We'll have tons of swag to hand out. We'll try to get customers to sign up with their email so we can start sending them information. Along with community events, we also donate to a lot of school and charity fundraisers. So we'll give gift certificates to a school auction, a charity auction, a silent auction. That's another thing we do to help you know stay relevant in the area. We also have two company vehicles that transport our dogs that are fully wrapped in our info and our logo. So people always say, oh, I saw your van. I saw your van. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a huge sign by our facility. Our team members also wear branded shirts and fanny packs and hats. So people see us walking around. Um, we do still do some guerrilla marketing. My team gets out there and delivers flyers door to door. We'll go to the vets. We'll leave our stack of our flyers and our cards. And of course, internet, you know, that's our bread and butter. People find us online. So I stay up with my PPC, my pay-per-click. So local people are finding my website in the areas we service. I love it. I love it. So what I'm, I'm hearing a common theme here, and this is so indicative of a lot of business owners that are at your spot, is that you've created clear operations and systems where I'm sure when Kira goes to these events, she's not like, okay, Tiffany, what do you want me to bring? Where's the table? What do I give out? What do I say? I'm sure that you've got like this all listed out so that Kira can even train up other people and bring them and be like, this is what we do at events. This is what we say. This is what our goals are at the events. It sounds a lot like that. Exactly. Yep. We have a whole checklist and we have a ton of products and we always order up before a big event. We'll even do custom flyers for that event and just give out tons of stuff. And we have, you know, a beautiful banner or two banners and a custom tablecloth. And yeah, of course you got to have dog treats, <laughs> yeah. but so, yeah, we have a whole system. So I love it. So it's basically like, you know, I really hope that your story can inspire our listeners who are sitting there thinking like, it's kind of like this engine, you know, and you're trying to get it going, you're trying to get it going and they just feel like they can't get over this hump and they feel like they can't get to the next spot. And if they just got an office manager, it means that they could do more. They could get out of the business and it gets stuck in this conundrum because I know people that like yourself have been doing it since 1999, but are still doing it themselves or they still have one person with this dream of being able to accomplish what you've accomplished. And then I mean, I'm going to probably have to mark this one explicit, but I'm going to your badassery of being able to move three and a half thousand miles like away from your business. You know, that's the final ultimate thing. You know, so do you spend more or less time in your business now? Like how often are you working on the business every day? Well, things have changed drastically over the past year. I had a baby April of last year and that changed. Thank you. So. 
prior to his due date, I had staffed up. Our assistant manager, Teresa, took on more roles, started covering more of my shifts, and I delegated more tasks. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, once he's born, I'll come back full time. No problem. <laughs> take care of a baby and work full time. No. So that's when my executive assistant came into play and she uh-huh. jumped in and started taking care of more of the things that I would do on the regular basis. Yeah. So now at this point, I'm working a lot less. Yeah. Um, most of my tasks are delegated. I still oversee. As Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. So <laughs> I still let them take the lead in the reins, but I still follow up. I still see all the emails. I still monitor our books. Yeah. I still assist with scheduling. And I still do that late PM shift where I'm still answering those late emails and calls. And that makes me still feel connected and involved. Yeah. And if there's any problems, of course, I'm looped in. And when we get reviews, I'm looped in. So I love seeing all of our customer feedback and it just makes me so happy. And, you know, with the events, I help plan those. And I do still go back a few times a year to visit the team and throw company parties and meetings. So it's not like I'm, you know, totally out of the picture, but I've definitely stepped back a lot. And it's felt good to, to be able to trust my team to do a good job and still see growth. Over the last year, we actually grew substantially Yeah, with me being mostly off. So it's actually, I think, quite amazing that if you have the right systems in place and then you step back, you kind of get out of your own way and you let it run and you trust all that stuff that you've built up. And it's funny and endearing that it is true. I'm sure all the moms listening totally hear what you're saying because we always think like, ah, no big deal. And, you know, before the baby comes, we're always staffing up, like you said, and then they just kind of change our world (laughs) (laughs) and things shift, but it's actually for the better. You know, there was this one girl I followed Nikki Brown and she called it nap time empires because it's (laughs) like that nap time where before you could like, you know, waste two hours putzing around on Facebook or something. But now you're like, I've got one hour and this is what I'm going to get done. And you become laser focused. And it's because of that life change that kind of brings you there. But it also doesn't have to be kids all the time. Sometimes it's a family member who needs you or just you changing and growing too. So Mm -hmm. Tiffany, in our final moments, do you have anything that you'd love to leave our listeners with or any advice or how can they contact you? Sure. Well, if you want to take a vacation or you're thinking about moving out of the area, give it a go. If you have the right team and software in place, you know, give it a shot. One of my big tips would be is to, you know, stay in touch, stay engaged with your team and your employees and don't get isolated. That's been my problem. I have found myself becoming so isolated. You know, my teams cross the country, working alone from my house all the time. So I'm really now trying to get out of my box because it's been lonely here in my office all by myself. Yeah. Find a community in the new place you move to. If you want to start up another branch there, do it. I actually did when I first moved to LA, but then I moved cities within LA and it it just, I couldn't handle it anymore. Maybe one day I'll, I'll expand again. But, you know, if you have the team and the systems and the software in place, you know, follow your dreams, grow your business. You don't have to be there. You don't have to be hammered down to, you know, that same place forever to do it. I love it. I love it. You're so inspirational. (laughs) I love that you moved clear across the country. You guys, I want you to, uh, wherever you are, don't forget to subscribe to Bella in your business. And also 
find out where we posted this and let Tiffany know that she helped inspire you today. And let us know what your biggest takeaway is. As Tiffany was saying about the reviews, we always love to know that we've helped make an impact on your life today. So let us know or let us know if you have any questions. You guys go ahead and like and share and comment all over this. And we can't wait to see you on our next episode of Bella in Your Business. Remember, when life gets you down, always keep jumping. So what did you think? Did you love this episode? I sure hope you did because I put a lot of love into this for you. Uh, The best way you can show me that is by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and leave a review. I just might read it on the next episode. I also want to remind you that when life gets you down, remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for listening.